Being in a calorie deficit isn't the easiest thing in the world, but there is ways in which we can make it a little bit easier. And I'll be honest, there's also a part of it that's just going to suck. And you are gonna have to learn to embrace some of that suck. But what we wanna do is minimize that as much as possible. So today I wanna go through seven ways in which we can make a calorie deficit that a little bit easier. Number one is to get all of your other variables on point outside of your nutrition. If you're sleeping well, you're hydrated, you're not stressed, and you're recovering well from your training, your deficit is gonna be so much easier than it would be if those things weren't in place. Not only that, your results will be 10 times better as well. And they all kind of have a knock-on effect with each other. If you're not sleeping well, you're much more likely to be more stressed. You're not gonna recover so well from your training. And a sore, stressed, tired version of you is probably gonna to wanna to consume some more calories and add dehydration on top of that as well and all the cravings that will come as a byproduct of that, you are looking at a recipe for disaster. Number two, optimize your nutrition. Utilize high volume foods. And if you don't know what I mean by this, you've not heard this concept before, Think about the amount of calories you would get if you had one banana, right? That would probably be around 100 calories, maybe 25 grams of carbs. If I asked you to eat 25 grams worth of strawberries, that would probably be about 500 to 600 grams of strawberries. The difference in the amount of food you get for the amount of carbs and calories is insanely different. So you want to be utilizing high volume foods as much as possible. Next is ensure your protein is high enough. Protein has many different benefits, but we all know that more protein equals more satiation and less hunger. Next is to eat predominantly meals versus snacks. I mentioned this in a podcast a few days ago. Meals are going to be far more filling and we know that people who graze, who snack throughout the day, tend to be hungrier and tend to do less well on their diet. And the final way to optimize your nutrition is to work out the best eating schedule for you. It doesn't matter if Sally is doing intermittent fasting. If when you wake up in the morning, you're super hungry and want to eat, you've got to do what works for you. Number three, utilize tea, coffee, and other diet drinks strategically. Tea and coffee are a great way to go. Always keep your caffeine before 1 p.m. ideally, just so it doesn't have any negative impacts on your sleep. Tea, generally, I mean, black tea has a little bit of caffeine in, but nothing major, especially compared to coffee. And if you're having a type of tea like chamomile or mint, it probably doesn't have any caffeine in at all. But these hot beverages can be really helpful for filling you up in the same way that food might without any of the additional calories. Same goes for diet drinks as well. Let's say you're having a sweet craving a lot of people say, you know, is it bad to have a Diet Coke? And I've gone through this in another podcast. I'll link that episode below. But if you're going to have a Diet Coke and that's going to stop you from having a donut, then it's a significantly better choice. Number four, opt for more activity versus less food. So there may come a point within your dieting phase in which you have to increase your deficit. And you can do that in two ways. And I am simplifying things here. But fundamentally, you're either going to lower your calories or increase your activity. And I would say that lowering the calories can be more effective because it's very specific, right? If I was eating 100 grams of rice before and I take out that 100 grams of rice, I can guarantee that that amount that I've just dropped is very consistent. Whereas when I add 10 to 20 minutes of cardio, there's a very big difference between me giving a six out of 10 effort and a nine out of 10 effort and the amount of energy that's going to expend. So the calories is probably a more consistent and easier to track way of doing it. However, if you want to consume more food, it 
might be more beneficial to you to increase the amount of activity you're doing, whether that's in the form of extra training, although I wouldn't look for your training to burn the calories, but it will. Extra cardio, extra steps, for example, extra hit. Like all of these things can be done in order to create a bigger deficit without touching your food. Number five, remove trigger foods from your home. Most of your trigger foods are going to be pretty high in calories. I don't see anyone's trigger foods being broccoli or chicken breast, and therefore they're going to be pretty palatable. They're going to be calorie dense, and therefore if they're around you and you are waning a little bit in motivation, willpower, or just feeling the urge to go towards them, it's probably going to end with you consuming a lot of calories. And if I'm honest, I don't think that this is particularly the time to try and cultivate your discipline around these foods. I think you're in a much better chance of doing that when you go for a reverse diet, when you're in a maintenance phase. Let's put it this way. When we diet and we get deep into our deficit, our evolutionary desires start to kick in. We want body fat on our frame. We don't want to think that food is scarce. We want enough fuel and energy to survive. And if we've got all of these instincts coming in and we're trying to control ourselves around that chocolate and around that alcohol that does trigger us a lot, I don't think that's a recipe for anything positive. I think the better thing to do is try to eradicate it to a degree, not to say it's off limits, but just to keep it out of sight so it's not tempting you. And then when you are back in a much more healthy and sustainable place later down the line, you've got more body fat on your frame, debatably less because you've just gone through a fat loss phase, but more than you potentially do at the very, very end of your fat loss phase and you have far more energy availability. And that's the key part. It's not necessarily about body fat, it's about energy availability. So when you do go for a reverse diet, you are in a maintenance phase, your calories will be higher and they would have been higher for a consistent period of time. Therefore, those evolutionary instincts are no longer kicking in and you'll have far more control around the cakes, the chocolates, the alcohol and everything along those lines. So that's why I would be thinking of trying to implement that later and for the time being, removing the foods that you know you're having trouble controlling yourself around. Number six, have an end date or goal that is attainable. And I think this is really important. That light at the end of the tunnel is so, so crucial. Sometimes when we're just going down a route, going down a route, we don't know where it's going to end. It's quite hard to keep ourselves disciplined and motivated. But when we know what we're working towards, and even if this is just short checkpoints along the way, even if you've got to lose 30 to 40 kilos, which some people do, make sure that you've got some goals that are attainable to reach along the way to your bigger goal. And then once that bigger goal comes around, then start to think about an end date. And if you think that, okay, well, I want to do as much as I can within maybe a year, then set that as the goal. And don't necessarily worry about, I need to only stop my fat loss phase when I have lost 30 kilos. Just do the absolute best you can within a six month time frame or a 12 month time frame. And that doesn't mean you give up on health and fitness thereafter. It just means that you are maybe going to go back into a maintenance phase for a while. But having a date or a goal that is attainable can be really helpful with keeping you on track and making that calorie deficit feel easier because you know exactly the reason you're doing it. Number seven is to stick to your plan. And if you stick to everything that you've been prescribed by your coach or whatever guidance you're getting, you're going to have a much better chance of succeeding. If you're trying to fit things here and there within your nutrition, if you're cutting corners of your training and cardio, you're far more likely to end up setting yourself back and making this process longer than it has to be. However, if you can stick to your plan and stay consistent with things, then you don't have to be in this forever. And that's the important thing to remember. I said this to a client the other day, and I do want to make a podcast on this separate topic, is that we're not trying to make the fat loss phase sustainable. We're not trying to make a calorie deficit sustainable. We're trying to make a sustainable lifestyle. So we don't 
don't want to be looking at how can we make this calorie deficit super, super sustainable because it's not built to be. You're not built to be here for a long time. This should be a window of time within the bigger scope of your health and fitness journey. And that's what we have to remember. So those are seven ways in which you can make your calorie deficit just that little bit easier. But like I said earlier, you will have to embrace a little bit of suck and that just comes as part of the territory. So that's everything from me today, team. Take care and I'll speak with you all tomorrow. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.